You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Mr. JP. What's going on? How is everybody doing today? So, JP, tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is JP. Um, do you mind if I do a shameless plug? I guess you could start it off that way if that's how you want to roll it. I, I don't want to roll it that way. Um, I just wanted to say that I, I also have my own podcast. That's how we met each other via Instagram. Um, that's how I got in touch with Out of the Blank um and how i ended up on here um that podcast being kofax inc where we talk about um some some answers some questions some mind-altering experiences we talk about uh, a bunch, the, of, bunch the, of different stuff the freaky deaky in the world that we all know correct but we choose pretty similar to, we choose pretty similar <laughs> we just let it slide under the carpet and yeah. I don't know why we do that because did you know cornflakes was originally invented to prevent masturbation? I can believe it. Exactly. That that freaking two scoops, raisin bran, whatever, it's all a trick. It's all a trick. I believe it. So what types of things like how did you even dive into the realm of the weird stuff that we don't really look at a lot in the world? How did you even get into that? Honestly, I, uh, one of the one of the hosts on on our show, uh, my buddy Jem his uh he's really into like stuff like that the cornflakes and uh what would you say prevents masturbation yes when sir he's into conspiracies and theories like that um so we've always had some pretty wild conversations growing up um and as we've gotten older they've only gotten you know more in depth more wilder etc I like what types of things have you learned kind of doing the podcast or just things you've discovered in your own life that kind of changed your mind a little bit? Uh, recently, recently, not just myself, but a couple of other hosts from the show, we, we dove into, um, we, we, I watched a couple things. We, we tried floating. It was highly recommended by the God of podcast, Joe Rogan. That, will definitely change uh your mindset that freaking changes everything it changes the way you start eating food changes the way yep. you look at the world only on the concept of imagine complete isolation just floating in water no, nothing from any of your senses everything just being cut off you start to hear shit you start to feel shit you start to your mind just wanders off it literally lets you know what it's like to be put in a corner with your thoughts it's it's kind of beautiful too like in that way it really is. You don't have your phone. You don't have anything. There's nothing. There's nothing for you to do. It's great. Yeah, we're very hooked on these phones, dude. I mean, when I, I floated once, and let me tell you something, the whole time I was thinking about what happens if I just took a shit right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when you hop in a public pool, the first thing you think of is like, oh, I can pee here. Like, it's that's everything for everybody. If you say <laughs> you've never pissed in a pool, then you're a complete liar, and I do not yeah. 
I wouldn't trust anybody who, who would say they haven't paid, peed in the pool. You're telling me you're going to take 10 minutes, walk to the bathroom, wait in a line if there is one, walk awkwardly in front of all these naked old men in the bathroom, change out of your shorts, go to the bathroom, and then hop back in the pool? That's only, that's only going to happen if you have to poop because nobody wants to sit in there with a dirty log at the end of the water. <laughs> yeah, that's beat. I definitely don't trust anybody who hasn't at least peed in a pool once in their life. You know what really changed my mind on pools is when I found out when, you know, when your eyes burn from chlorine. Yeah. So it's actually because there was urine in the pool and it was the chlorine eliminating that. So when you have that burning in your eyes, it's not like burning after you pee where you did something wrong. It was more like it was the fault of somebody else's. I, I see. I always thought that, it, chlorine only dried your eyes. It wouldn't create that burning sensation. That's how I always felt when I came out of a just a chlorinated pool. That's what I thought too. I thought, oh, it's my eyes getting cleaner. Well, it is. It's also burning all the beneficial bacteria in there yeah, too. Yeah, your cornea. <laughs> I, I started to like, when I, I stopped going to public pools on the concept, I mean, I even stopped going into pools in general because I knew my buddy's a savage and I know he pees in them too. And like, uh, man, I've talked to people that own pool companies and work in pools. Like they say, you don't know the relaxation that you feel cleaning a pool. I'm like, whoa, like I've peed in pools before. He's like, you're one of those types of guys. I was like, yeah. And when you're at a water park, what do you think is happening around you? You think the kid going down the Galaxy Blast or the freaking Wash Me 2000? No, he's getting all the BO off of his body. And at the same time, he's also infecting you with the wonderful things he's drank and eaten through his yeah. life. It's true. It's so, a big cesspool for bacteria. Yeah. And you know what the crazy thing is? I found out throughout history why doctors made house calls back in the day. Because the safest thing is to be in your home when you were sick back in the day. Because hospitals were literally the cesspool of infection. Yeah, they're much cleaner today, thank, thank God. Because it's just, if the temperature, they intentionally keep the temperatures low to prevent the spread of infection and bacteria. They do a lot of a lot of things differently that they didn't do. I'm sure, I'm sure back in the day, a hospital was just, you know, concrete walls and that's it. You know, they took care of the sick people. Yeah. And they didn't know too much about cleaning off their utensils. Good thing. We had a couple of innovators there that kind of brought that to a, to, to a point. I think there's so much weird stuff. Like it explains why my grandfather walks around the house in like a 50 degree environment. And he's like, so I don't die. And I'm like, what? What? Like you can turn the heat on, you know, it's not going to kill you or anything. And he's like, no, this keeps my body in a preservation. I'm like, excuse me. Like it's, it's, it's winter time out, man. It's snowing and you have uh, to be, yeah, you got to be warm. That's terrible. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to live longer. I'm like deep, but do you want to live longer when you could just easily throw a nice log into that furnace and you could just get yeah. toasty and watch your cowboy movies? He's like, nah, I'm fine. I'll be okay. Put on more clothes was always the answer. That's that's how it was in my house for a long time growing up when I was younger. Put on a sweatshirt. We're not turning the heat on yet. It's like I have six sweatshirts on and five pairs of underwear with four pants on top of it. I mean, I can't keep just adding clothes. I'll, um, I'll buy you more blankets. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what's, what's the stuff you've been into lately? Well, for me, I... Yeah. There's so much mysteries in the world. I found a fascination with myths, mysteries really about people. 
And I try and be as open-minded as possible. I've heard some theories, you know. I don't like sticking to anything as the answer. You know what I mean? I like there to be so much mystery out in the world. You're into the open-ended. For sure. Like saying a god or a deity and being in 100% belief in that and thinking that this is what's going to happen, for me, that's never the answer. I think like when it comes to religion, like I'm a ordained minister under the Church of Bacon. Yes, I said the Church of Bacon. (laughs) Um, it's basically an atheist safeguard. Like if you're an atheist and if you're, you know, a, a lot of Christians, a lot of religion, religiously followed folk, um, look at these atheists and go, you're an atheist or you're going to hell for sure. It doesn't matter what religion you believe in. So this church, basically, they don't even really worship bacon. They use it as like a ploy, like, Hey, you know, why don't you just worship bacon? And, um, it was only on the concept of it was a safeguard for atheism. I mean, I started my spinoff of this podcast called Fill in the Blank, where we focus on specific topics, hence the name Fill in the Blank. Oh, yep, yep. Shameless plug for me there. Look at that. And there um, you go. I, it, it was only on the concept of there's a lot of weird ass shit going on. And I, my first episode, besides talking about Area 51 and all that, was about Pastafarianism. I mean, these people that worship a giant spaghetti monster. And I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. And then heading into the podcast and doing research on it, pulling up their website, pulling up information. It started from a college kid in 2008 or six. And it was the idea that he didn't believe that religion should, should be taught in schools, like followed, like all you can learn about is Christianity, no other religions allowed. He believed it was open for all interpretations, no matter what religion you were in. That's a, the the weird thing about religion is it all stems from if you if you go back far enough to look at Christianity, Judaism, um, literally literally everything, Hinduism, um, it all stems from the same area in the world, and it all tells basic almost the same story, but to to it being an end all be all. I think that I think that whatever we interpreted from whatever ancient texts about religion, about uh, beliefs, I think that could be misinterpreted hugely, and that we shouldn't just you know base our lives on some old books or some old readings or some old findings. Maybe just I, the answer is to just live your life and just just do your thing, man. Just do your thing. Well, see, I have this too much when I have when I say I have a theory, it doesn't mean I believe it. It just means it would be like a weird kind of understanding of what it means. And when I say the theory for religion, I think we're all getting pieces of the puzzle. You know, we all have a small fraction because it seems like everything kind of hits on the similar basis. Don't be cruel to others. Don't do these types of things, you know, and there's an afterlife always talked about whether you're in a spacecraft or you're sitting drinking tea with Elon Musk. I'm like, it all hits on the same basis. I feel like we're all getting a piece of the big picture. Like, I turn any religious story, anything like, oh, he walked on water. Oh, he turned water into wine. I'm like, I feel like it's the story effect. Like, did he actually walk on water or was he standing in the shallow end of the pool? Did he actually turn water into wine or did he have some David Copperfield type of trick? I have no clue. And that's not a poke at Christianity. If there's going to be any religion I'm going to poke at, it's going to be Scientology because that one seems like a load of horse poopy to me. (laughs) 
the um you big fan of alan watts you're listening to alan watts i am i'm a little bit delved into the world of alan watts what information I, are you trying to feed me here um i've i've been reading one of his uh i'm actually reading his letters uh so he has a big book his daughters um put together this book of letters that he always wrote throughout his life and like when he was getting into zen and uh philosophy and i don't know if you've ever listened to any of his lectures but i encourage anybody out there who hasn't who's interested in learning like he he never believed in a religion either um nor did he say he really he never really committed to zen either or hinduism but he studied each religion very very critically from a very critical standpoint um and the closest that he could he could affiliate himself with were Zen and Hinduism because of what they I don't know represent. Anyways, the guy has a great way of delivering um complicated concepts and and speaking on them in very basic tongue. So uh things like the afterlife, uh living. He's, he put, he's a really he, great speaker. He puts it in a way you can understand. See, the, the craziness is I listen to Joe Rogan while I'm at the gym. I can't listen to – I have to pick specific ones that is are easy for me to kind of half listen to. You know, if Elon Musk comes on, I have to pay attention to that. Only reason is people say, well, Elon Musk is a liar. He's an idiot. He doesn't sound like he knows anything of what he's talking about. That's not true. I have – religiously gone to the gym my hours for the gym have gone from two o'clock in the morning to eh, basically a full round scale around the clock let me tell you something there are two types of people in this world there are people that are functioning like myself at one o'clock in the morning and they choose to be up at this time they're your newspaper deliverers they're your trash people they're your not when i mean trash people like trashmen and garbage man yeah 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 they're the people that can't function around everyday individuals. Not that they're idiots, but that on the concept of normal people make them sick a little bit. It's because nowadays we're very, very bland. We're very, very seeming like we all have something we're trying to get off somebody else. We don't really truly care about the person anymore. I can agree now, with that. And it's... <laughs> It's on everybody's mind, you know. Why why is it that this guy's helping me? Does he want something? Does he is he trying to get something out of it? Most of the time, that's the answer. There's very, very few people that actually help others to get a point across. Now, being at the gym at two o'clock in the morning, you will encounter one individual that has either two types of personalities. It's usually just one at a time, but it's the guy that is really fucking smart that can't have conversations with normal day people like him talking you're like whoa and you feel like everything he's saying and explaining to you you just can't comprehend you're like uh and and then there's the guy that sells you drugs and i i yeah well it's true i've met he's up he's 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 doing something he's doing uh i gotta work out in yeah, I met this guy. He did 10 pull-ups the two hours he was there, and this dude was ripped, and I did not understand. And he was like, bro, look at me. And I'm like, look at you what? And he's like, I take steroids. I'm like, oh. Yeah, makes okay. sense. You just pulled out a steak in front of me and started eating it in the middle of the gym. <laughs> Savage. 
I, I tell people there when there's these two types of people, um, you have to look at those people that get up and choose to be up when people are sleeping is because they feel like they can't be around um, others, you know, with their thoughts. They feel like they're too smart. And Neil deGrasse Tyson is one of them. He's very, very smart. One of my favorite astrophysicists. Yeah, he's very, very smart, but he has a voice and he has a way of expressing his thoughts to a less focused knowledgeable audience when it comes to space and things I know nothing about. You know what I mean? He has a better concept, but he's like Morgan Freeman. Why do we choose Morgan Freeman as God in every single movie? Because he can fucking talk to you and make you not feel like you're an idiot. It can actually sink in, you know? I have a feeling there's some sort of ASMR involved too in that. Like the the way his voice, the way his voice reaches an audience, something about it is very ASMR-like where, you know, you can associate the voice with God. If Morgan Freeman wasn't, if you never knew what Morgan Freeman looked like, but you only heard Morgan Freeman's voice, you would be like, you would be like, I'd imagine that's what God's voice sounds like. It's very like ASMR-y. Well, if Morgan Freeman told you to kill your family, I guarantee you, you're killing your family. Like it's, no. not, it's, it's not not happening. You know, he could just easily tell you, murder your family slowly with a butter knife, and you'll be like, uh, anything you say, sir. Oh, but I, I say, then you look at Elon Musk, okay? People calling him an idiot, saying he didn't sound like he knew what he was talking about. No, he's the people that are very, very smart, and they don't know how to say it in a way for you to understand. It's like watching the Big Bang Theory, you know? Sheldon Cooper starts talking. You're like, what is happening? Like, you're like, what's going on? I don't understand. And he. He doesn't really uh, – something I noticed about Elon Musk when he talked to Joe Rogan is being on a podcast for him, I feel like every time he was asked a question – the reason the podcast suffered and, and Joe couldn't extract a lot of very uh, – it looked like personality from Elon is because he was – you can watch it. You can watch it a million times. I've watched it two or three. He is thinking – very critically about what he's going to say when he answers um and i'm assuming that's because and obviously he smoked weed on that podcast so the stock his stocks took a dump like that's all reflective of just his behavior i love it how that's why he's very critical (laughs) and he takes so long to answer I love it how he did that and he crashed the stock. And I'm like, you guys are looking at this one thing and you're going to stop all of his inventions, everything, trying to decriminalize or trying to criminalize him on the con. I'm like, this man shot a fucking Tesla into outer space, okay? There's a car yeah. in outer space right now. Joe Rogan brings it to the point. If you're trying to get rid of a body, that's the best way to do it. You know, you can either chop it up, throw it in the ocean and nobody will find it, or you can shoot it in outer space. And that, like, that guy has so much stuff going on. He created a flamethrower called not a flamethrower. Like what? And then he, that's the only way he could sell it. He did that so he could package it and ship it to people's homes. Then people were buying flamethrowers all over the place. The dude is an inventive entrepreneur type figure. Like his concept from things, he's practically a Jordan Belfort of this era. He, uh, two, two of my favorite things to watch about Elon, Elon Musk right now, Neuralink, um, which for those who don't know what Neuralink is or what Elon Musk has been talking about uh, with Neuralink, it is a chip 
that would basically be inserted into the neurons of your brain. Um, it'll be connected to, uh, I forget how many, but it's a, it's a decent amount. And what it, they plan to do is create an interface between the chip that goes behind your ear um, and into your neurons and connect it to some sort of Bluetooth device. Um, and study the brain, I think, mo is what the first round of tests is for. But then it will be to create some sort of interface between your body and like like a symbiote we would we would combine with technology rather than um be controlled by technology are you okay now i want to throw this your way all right because I'm, pro sure. I'm probably teaching you a little bit more uh to, towards some information you could use for your podcast so we have a center reagan developed this it's called the center for existential risk do you know what existential risk is yeah i would assume it's it's unnecessary risks i'm just guessing yeah, well, it's it's basically Skynet. You know, if Skynet starts to happen, there's like basically a group of people in the CIA um, that own this kind of executive branch. Five hundred million dollars a year they get funded to watch all technology. That means your iPhone, your fucking toilet that's learning how to talk to you, all these wonderful things, making sure it doesn't get to a point where it's going to take over the human race and make it so it's we're not a thing anymore because the one time we decided to make an artificial AI, uh, we did it with, I think two computer systems and found out after a week that they were communicating on a frequency level that we did, could not read. They were talking on. Uh, I've heard, I've heard that. I've and heard we that shut it down. Yeah. Now you're seeing it happen again. Sophia, the robot. Okay, she just got rights. I don't know if you know too much about Sophia the Robot. I do, a little bit, very little. Well, Whitney Cummings just released a comedy special on Netflix using the real doll company, the one that makes sex dolls, the whole thing they structure to make it look like a person, and with the Sophia brain. It looks literally like Whitney Cummings, like everything. And they said the best way to get it, like make it as human as possible is the symmetry they had to make sure the symmetry was off because no human is perfect doing that made it very hard to distinguish if a thing was a robot or not the only reason i could tell was because you can kind of tell it looked a little bit emotionless you know it's machines haven't hit that point to show emotion um but it's it's cheek muscles like where you would smile and you get the cringe smile it, it had these two pulsators or moving things in that area, which just pulled the lips up, pulled the lips down. It showed like it was not evoking actual vocal emotion. And I'm like, man, this is going to take a fucking road, dude. I hope the Center for Existential Risk, I hope some dude's not playing Angry Birds on his phone and actually paying attention to this. Mm. Yeah. That's, I would imagine that Neuralink would be flagged if that was a real, if that's a real thing. Do you think human like like implementation of machine is a good thing or do you think it's a bad thing i see it going the wrong way i don't know um elon musk talks about it and he's much smarter than i am elon musk talks about it as it would once again bring the human race past wherever it was supposed to be i i feel like the as a human race we we're way past where we were supposed to be to begin with i think we are we're supposed to be with nature and the reason we have a lot of things like depression, anxiety, suicide is because we don't spend enough time 
delved into nature anymore. We're always connected to our phones, our computers. We're never, we're never experiencing just life how it's supposed to be. Like as if we were part of the animal kingdom, and uh, we're we're not that anymore. We're way past that. And to to become a symbiote now with with technology, the only the only direction is much much farther, much farther. My buddy Evan's a big uh, implementer on this gene chip they want to start doing in the back of your head, where it basically gives you the internet on the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so it's like a projector. He's like, well, it's more like uh, if I installed a computer chip into your head and you just decided to be like, huh, well, I'm going to look up on the internet instead of using a textbook, you're just going to be like, bam, Safari in your head, kind of like Google Glass in a way, but it's inside mm-hmm. of your head. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so you want Google on the back of your brain. Yeah, man, you know how many things I would be able to do? You know how many things I'd be able to learn? I could put Google Translate into my brain so immediately when someone said something, I could just hear it and translate it. I'm like, yeah, that's the good intentions that we have for the product. That's why the people are producing it. It's awesome. But do you know people? And he goes, yeah, people, um, they're going to look for ways to better themselves. They're going to be, I'm like, no, people are going to be like me. They're going to be the ones that are sitting in class trying to look up porn on the back of their head instead of paying attention to the concept of what's going on in front of them. You know, you're going to see, you talk about hands-free driving. Imagine if that phone is in the back of your head. There's no hands-free. I mean, it is hands-free technically, but, you know, it's even worse, man. I mean, there's going to be a point, you know, he's all for implementing technology. He's like, dude, if I could get like a robotic heart, if I could get all these, I'm like, that's too much, you know? There's going to be a point where it's like the movie with Justin Timberlake where they had a barcode on their wrist and they have to yep. scan to pay for things and it took years off your life. They that's, already they already have they already have that that's down the down the line. That's coming. A uh, dude, they have a chip a dude installed in his arm where he walks up to a door and the door opens for him. It's think about it. Why do you think that they switched our credit cards to chips? So they get used to saying, you know, where's the chip? insert the chip they they getting you used to they're getting you ready for when now it's inside of us and or on us tattooed on us whatever and you that's how you pay for things it's really that's what it is it'll be a build-up to that but it's coming it'll it'll definitely come i don't know how it'll play out um once the technology gets that far and like how currency will work now, b- before we dive down these rabbit holes, I want to know, are you more interested in technology advances or are you more interested in like conspiracy theories? I want you to kind of take the. I like, I like, I like both doors. Um, conspiracy theories I can talk about for so long. Um, Cause I'm, I, I don't like to flat out say I would believe some of the theories, but I, I definitely leave the door open and say that it's, it's a possibility. There's, you can't just deny possibilities, you know what I mean? I think one conspiracy theory that I don't believe, but I can't say is not true, um, is the theory that we came from Mars. I don't know if you've ever heard of I've this. Heard, I actually just, just dove into that um, not too long ago. I watched a whole like two-hour thing on it. So with the asteroid hitting... And then the particles kind of floating off into Earth's atmosphere, and then we evolving from these particles, that type of thing. Uh, so no, my theory was the theory that I had stumbled upon very late, um, <laughs> after watching the YouTube rabbit hole. Uh, 
it was that we were actually a race on Mars at one point. Our planet had, you know, was dying and decaying, and we left the planet to come to Earth. But Earth was already inhabited by another sort of human race, and uh, it just it was it was a mess. It was a mess. It goes on and on and on, and basically, uh, it, they fought for I don't know. It's it's crazy. It was one of the crazier ones. It's literally like we're sticking our hand in a fortune cookie jar and we're just breaking open all these fortunes until we find the one that fits our best narrative. Yeah. I'm like, there's so much... Like, All right, so the one I found with the Mars theory that we came from Mars. All right, so the Big Bang happened. All these particles kind of came together. Next, you know, Earth was created. And, you know, we evolved from these micro... You ever play the game Spore? And you evolve from those little bacteria things. And you just become this monster at the end or this full-developed creature. And apparently, since a meteor hit Earth... Or not Earth... uh, Mars as some particles drifted off and then when a cosmos was being made or whatever we got formed and we became those particles drifted down through the gravity and atmosphere or whatever and then evolved into these things I'm not saying that's wrong but I'm not saying it's right I'm saying that's that could be a possibility I mean if you think Jupiter's are practically our shield I mean it protects us from so many meteors think the last one that was supposed to wipe out this whole entire uh, human race, you know, ones that bigger than the ones that apparently took out the dinosaurs. It was twice the size of that. This meteor, you know, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have uh, those types of guys like uh, what? What's his name? Freaking uh, God! He's in Sixth Sense. Bruce uh, well, Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. We did not have Bruce Willis to to stop this meteor, but Jupiter saved us from it because Jupiter saves us from a lot of stuff. And I'm like. If you think people that deny dinosaurs, that say the meteor did not take out the dinosaurs, I just look up at the moon and say, there's a lot of craters on the moon. And we know those craters are formed by meteorites just hitting it. So why is Earth so damn lucky? It's not like we sit here and get missed by a lot of stuff. No, there's meteors that fly. There's meteors that hit us all the time. There was a group of meteors that shattered in our atmosphere. And it literally, like, where the little fragments hit, leveled like fields upon fields of trees just straight up flattened them i'm like so is it really out of the realm of possibility to think that one meteor hit us pangea happened and next thing you know where all these continents are now what they are today the great united states the russia all these things are now separated because of something so impactful Mm. it's it i mean it makes you think but that's the problem with a lot of stuff. You know, I like to dive into cryptozoology only on the concept of all of our lives need mystery. We need something to be interested in. You know, I'm talking s- about uh, Bigfoot and yeah, uh, Chupacabras, et cetera. For sure, dude. I podcast on all of them Chupacabra, Bigfoot, Yeti. I have a buddy that does a cryptozoology podcast, and he's 100% belief of these things. He's like, bruh, we're going to go out to the Yellowstone and we're going to search for Bigfoot. And I'm like, there's a, peop- there's a group of people that literally, that's what they do for their day job. They go out and they search for Bigfoot. Is he yeah, out I- there? I don't know. <laughs> One of our hosts also is a big Bigfoot believer. It's all right. I chalk up Bigfoot. We talk about, you know, Every, apparently the most physical or most amount of evidence to suppose that there is a Bigfoot, it's not just one guy. It's a race of them. It's a species that kind of came with the Homo sapiens and monkeys and all these things. And I'm like, I like to think of Bigfoot 
as the guardian of the forest, you know, not Smokey the Bear, not him, not that garbage. That's that's like that side street, like when you get the multi meal cereal from the store or something. It's not the real brand, you know what I mean? Mm. I, I Bigfoot's the guardian of the realm. I picture Bigfoot coming out of the woods with like a yogi kind of robe on with a giant staff and being like, did you just fucking litter in my woods? <laughs> and I'm like, sorry. He goes, pick it up or I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to throw you into freaking outer space. And I'm like, okay, all right. I, I think I like to think that type of stuff. I don't actually believe it, but it's a cool concept because that makes you rationalize this life you're living in. See, the problem is people go, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're nuts. You're a loon job. You're, you're, you're so out there. I'm like, it's creativity, man. We, hmm. we live in a world where creativity is not looked at as highly as it was before. There were people, innovators back in the day. And I have to say back in the day because the innovators that are now are doing stuff with technology where technology is half the job for us. Do mm -hmm. I think creativity is lacking? A little bit, but it's changed form. You know, Our phones have made it easier for us to be creative through our podcasting and through these wonderful things. But seeing art, seeing writing, writing's now dying off now that we have a phone, you know, when Amazon and Netflix started controlling the market, Blockbuster went out of business. You know, Barnes and Noble went out of business. You don't. I need still have a Barnes and Noble up here, but I don't know if uh, anybody. I don't know how long it's gonna last. Yeah, I that was the only book I bought, dude, in like uh, probably a year. Was that Alan Watts book? It's the last book I ever picked up. And the problem with all these stuff being eliminated is it eliminates the real connectivity you need. See, sadly, the fact every podcast I've talked to with people. It all comes down to the same basis on society has a problem with connectivity. It's true. We rely more on our connectivity with on social media than we do with actual face-to-face -face interaction anymore. You know, you don't take the time to know anybody in your neighborhood anymore. You don't need to know your neighbor. Uh, you just sit there and judge him from a distance and stare creepily out the window and think that guy's a creep. And um, it's, it's really weird because we put such faith in social media to the point where it's Facebook started off like, hey, I'm doing this. Hey, I'm doing that. And then it turned into my life's shit. My life's crap. Everything's complaining about Facebook from like 2010 to like 2015. And then nowadays, it's just people posting up memes and the memes are on depression and then people liking it and finding laughter in it. I looked at it at a meme that had depression. Literally, it was like, uh, when life, when you think you got life figured out and then the bills come and then it's like a dude opening up his mailbox and it's just shooting all this like bills at him. I'm like, ha, that's funny. And I'm like, I just laughed at that because I'm experiencing that. Wow. Like now everything that is depression related is relatable, which makes it funny. That's, uh, that's why I said like those things, those things didn't exist back in the day. People didn't have anxiety and depression like they do today. It's not as it was not as prevalent, I don't think. I think the phone makes it worse, the computer makes it worse. Instant gratification from those things and the dopamine rushes created by having everything at your fingertips definitely is contributing to uh a lack of um stimulation. Whatever stimulation we used to get from uh connecting with other people, like going out and playing with somebody as a child going out and, and, you know, play manhunt in the neighborhood and, uh, and uh, having those social interactions and uh, all that stuff is gone. 
And now you just send text messages to your friends and figure out where you want to go and do something rather than then the you have to, you yeah, have to, you have to creep so low. I'm just kidding on this one, but you have to kind of go down to the point just to hang out. You have to form a podcast. I've actually talked to a, a <laughs> lot of, uh, yeah, and I bet that you laughed at that because that's probably what kind of keeps you guys connected in a way or at least seeing each other kind it, of all the time. It def- no, it definitely keeps us uh, hanging out and get it, trying to get together, but it's definitely not the only reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is a reason, though. It, yeah. For sure, it's a reason. That's what sucks is we became – I mean, it's awesome that you guys can do that. I have friends that uh, do podcasts together, and that helps them. But they feel like, yeah, we don't – like, even at, like after a long-ass work day, like during the work day when we're working, we're like, we're going to hang out tonight. We're going to do this. But if it's not going to a bar, if it's not doing something that you're getting something out of, it's not doing that, or if you actually have to go to somebody's house and do this without anybody relying on you or anybody waiting for something like an episode to come out for a podcast, you don't feel like there's anything forcing you to go do something. And now we have to be forced to hang out with people and realize being forced to get there is the thing. But once you're there, you enjoy it. You love it. You know what I mean? The, mm. the, the problem is luxury is in comfortability. You know, when we walk through the door, even if we're pent up, like as soon as we park the car, like I'm going to go out tonight. I'm going to get this done, get this done. As soon as you walk in your house, oh, dude, I just want to go upstairs and lie down and watch Netflix. It's like, yeah. okay, that's going to be your whole life then. It's and I'm I'm at fault for doing it too. There are days on my day off where I'm just sitting like I don't want to leave the fucking house. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to shower. I don't even want to move to get up to piss. I just want to sit down and be comfortable and just sleep all day. And that's because we're getting too full as people nowadays. We're getting too fed too much information from the constant stress of everyday life, and we don't have the connectivity to kind of release it in a way. Correct. So what what types of things do you want to ask or bring up that you find fascinating and you want to get my opinion on here? Oh, I could, I could I have so many. Um, how are you? Did you following the Area Fifty One raid? Yes, the the um how it's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> it was just a joke, and then everybody a bunch of people took it out. It was like, first of all, it, it, the government's not going to let you anywhere near that base. It's not happening. It's just, it's not, not even where they keep the aliens anyways. So. Yeah, exactly. And even Bob Lazar, the guy that exposed Area 51 or whatever, he exposed Hangar S8 or whatever the sector that was that he was working in that had UFOs. He never said they were aliens. He just said that they had flying spacecrafts. That's UFO, unidentified flying objects. Correct. And um, the, we know that from the Nazis. Uh, the Nazis actually had the very first ones. Canada was actually the one that was supposed to have a reported first alien spacecraft called the ARZ Canada something seven nine or something it was crazy looking contraption but um it's not going to happen only on the concept of as soon as people came out and said that they immediately government bought all properties surrounding area 51 so now you can't even get into a hundred mile radius of area 51 like not happening sorry not i mean there's videos i don't know if you've ever seen the facebook videos of people that are driving up on their bikes to this undisclosed location and then a bunch of military people like turn around right now turn around there's no going it's like you see that it's like the government's doing some shit they don't want you to know about my idea for solving this problem is the government should just charge 50 bucks per head 
of each person that wants to go into Area 51. Like, look, we're doing some shit you're not going to like. We don't want you knowing about. We're trying to save you. If you want to go in, give me this money. Go in, you know, get fucked up afterwards. I don't care. I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if it's uh I don't think it's all that. I think I think area I don't think area 51 is the source of of uh like human experimentation and like crazy dark dark uh intelligence and stuff like that. I think that the very plainly it is an a military air base, but we test all of our new jets, we test all of our new rockets we test a lot of aerial craft there that we don't want our enemies to know about so that's why they're very secretive about why people go in and out does that mean they don't have aliens in there absolutely not because i really want there to be aliens in there i think everybody everybody wants there to be aliens because we don't want to like we've never we want to know if there's something out there i mean ron reagan said it best he designed a thing that would monitor alien anything any type of weird a sat, uh what is it called what's the, the the large base with all the satellites and they all they do is listen to the to the world basically they have the giant i forget what it's called it's a huge base i thought it was um unidentified something or it's, the the it's giant it's, giant air base uh, uh it's not an air base but it's like a radio it's a it's a base for um uh, uh, monitoring any type of yeah. um, unidentified uh abnormalities or whatever. Yep. Um, but it's it's a, it's a research place because Reagan said it best. Like we cannot be closed minded to think that we're the only ones in this world or in these in this galaxy out there. There has to be if there's us, there has to be something out there. And people are like, he just said that in a presidential speech, like. The president just admitted that there might be something out there. He was just like, we need to be aware if there is. You know what I mean? Let's not be closed-minded and think we're the only ones here because someone's going to come and finally maybe beat us to space – or not space travel, but time travel or whatever the hell you want to talk about, going across dimensions. I mean, we're already heading to Mars. We made it to the moon. Let's, you know, Now we're heading to Mars. And I'm like, to think that there's not someone else out there with maybe – a hundred years past our technology and is already kind of looking down on us. I'd like to be fucking aware if that was happening. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like it when Alexa is in the same room as me when I'm taking a shit because I feel like she's watching me. So I'm, I, you know, we have this fear, we have this knowingness of there could be something watching us at all times. The like that's why the only reason why you're ever comfortable is in your room with the door shut, locked, and then you could truly be naked and be free. You can't do that around your house because there might be someone that might walk in. There's always that possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think Area 51 is definitely not the place they have the aliens. They wouldn't if they had a uh, if they have UFOs and they have aliens at all. You're not you're not gonna know where that place is. You'll hear about it when they choose to tell you about it. That's it. If it's that dark, if it's that deep and dark, you're not going to be like, oh, Area 51's got the aliens. We just need to get in there. It's not going to be like that. I uh, it, I think it's more going to be on the lines of clones a little bit, like they're doing some type of weird human experimentation that we've been known to do throughout history. I'm pretty sure cloning is down the pipe. 
I mean, we learned how to clone animals. We learned how to do these types of things. What makes you think that they haven't moved up to human trials? I mean, the we remember stem cells. That I was, was going to say yep. that was illegal here. Not anymore. It's actually a known thing to get now. You can get stem cell shots. You can get all these types of things. You know what is illegal now? That's now getting brought into America because it was a successful trial and study done in China. There was a doctor here that was working or trying to get brain transplant surgery. They figured out how to actually successfully take a brain out of somebody's body and put it into a different one. They started with dogs and monkeys taking out their spine, everything, and then putting it back in. But they would fix something. Like if a monkey was paralyzed, okay, picture a monkey in a wheelchair. Don't laugh. Okay, it's serious. We got to take this seriously. He, they fixed the monkey's spine, and now the monkey can walk again, you know? And next thing you know, they're like, let's move to human trials. This started in China. The doctor had to go to China to get this done. Now it's being kind of just looked at here. Studies have been coming out about it. And now it's going to be seen as maybe this is something we should try here. That scares the living shit out of me. I have a question. So if you get a brain transplant because you're paralyzed, whose consciousness are you, are you activating? What do you mean? Well, I've, it's always been kind of discussed that the uh, one person's unique consciousness would be in, like obviously Consider- behind your eyes, in front of your ears. That's where it all comes from. So where uh, when you when you get transplanted, excuse me, when you get um, transplanted into somebody else, is it, that does your consciousness go with you, or does? Well, um, I think. Uh, Ryan Sickler said it best um, that he's his doctor told him like they always associate the spirit with inside of the chest. You know, that's what but you can take anything out of your body. But once someone touches your brain, you lose who you are. You know, you lose certain things like you can't see your personality changes. Sam Kinison got hit by a car and was a completely different person afterwards where he became the comedian we know today. And I think when you take someone's brain out of their body and put it into another body, like you can't just shove it in there with another brain. You have to take that person's brain out. It's still you technically it's your thoughts, your emotions, your all these types of things, but your genetic makeup is completely different. Now you're a woman, you got tits, you know, it's, it, it's not you. I don't, I don't know what the basis for trying to understand what that would even be. It's, it boggles my mind mostly because I don't understand any of these things that's going on. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. I just sit there and look up the article and find the information. I'm like, well, that's what's going on. You know, it's the same thing we do with the news today. We choose to accept the information we're being fed to us and we never choose to look into and question anything anymore. I know if someone takes me out of my body and puts me in a different body, I'm not going to be me anymore. I might be in my own mind, it might be all my same thoughts, all my same speech, anything like that, but it's not my physical body I was born with. It's not the one I've always known. It's going to feel different to me. You're always going to know that. You know, I've talked to transgender people and people that experience body dysmorphia and what it feels like to be in the wrong body. That's an illness, but that is something I can relate to being body dysmorphic. Like I know what it looks like to look in the mirror and not like what you see and for someone to understand that or just not even feel comfortable in your own skin like it's it's 
it's really hard to kind of conceptualize in a way. And it, 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 you know, it turns into that movie with Ryan Reynolds where the dude was a billionaire and his body was dying. So he just, they found a cadaver body, someone that was is dead and they just took the brain out of him and put the dude's brain in him. And that dude was living his complete life. And then suddenly throughout the movie, he's remembering what that dude's life was like, what he was remembering that guy's thoughts. He's basically turning into that person. It was some type of defect or something like a rare occurrence that happens when they do this. I'm like, that everything you're seeing in the movies, it seems like we're getting to it at a certain point in our history. Mm. I just don't that 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 would be one thing that would that I would be like, what's well, what's the deal with when you do a brain transplant? Does that person's consciousness come with the brain? For yeah, example, well, I mean, I was I, paralyzed, and you took my brain out of my body and put it in. So we'll use a cadaver. I would assume my my consciousness will be my own once I come back, once I'm awake again. If you put my brain into another person who's had their brain removed as well, and now my brain is in their body, will I wake up or will they wake up? It would be you because you be well, the basis of or what the theory is is you're you're taking out a hollow shell. You know when they take uh, when you see a corpse at a funeral when you see that cadaver absolutely yeah they take out all the organs and everything so if i put my heart into that body then that's my heart in that body it's not the dude's it's not gonna turn i mean it technically it turns into the dude's heart but um it's it's still mine originally like that's my heart you know when you get an organ transplant or any of those types of things that's someone else's organ it's now yours that you get to use but it's not wasn't originally yours on on the fucking inside of that heart it's gonna say uh made in Robbie, you know what I mean? It was made yeah, yeah. for me. So when you take someone's brain and you're using like an empty shell of a body and you put this brain in there, that's yours. It's yours. That's still yeah. you, you know, that you're, you're really, you our our bodies are just vessels. Our bodies are just these, you know, bags of blood that we kind of, it's like using when you have your controller and then you have your Xbox. Okay. Your Xbox is the brain, but your controller is the body. You know, you're able to move through the controller, but the true system, you know, is, 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 is away from you. And it's, 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 it's hard to kind of, when you start really diving into it to figure out, because I think the basis of that movie I was talking about was like the dude was getting the other guy's memories from like a deja vu type thing. Like he was remembering someone else's memories. And I think that might be like imprinting in the skull. I mean, you got to think your brain is basically like driving in a car with no seatbelts. You know, when you hit the brakes, your brain has, you know, it's your body slamming up against the front of the windshield. Okay. And then it just bounces back. Like when you get hit with like CTE, all that stuff that's coming out with all these football players that are losing and seem like they're progressing in age faster than when they should. Um, is because their brain is just literally being like structured and rumbled around on the inside. It's literally like you, you put put it through hell, which ages it. And I think like that has to probably like you fucking, you know, you get hit so hard, your head slams into the front or your brain slams into the front of your forehead. Next thing you know, it's fucking, you have a memory of Disney World on the front of your forehead. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the brain... Uh, and consciousness will be is something that nobody I don't think there's a lot of science done on consciousness anymore um, the feels like the more you look into it the more of a mystery it becomes 
because your own individual consciousness is so new, unique to you. Um, if you look at it like very objectively and scientifically, it's it's your body. It's it, your body takes in all this information through your eyes, through your ears, all your senses, touch, smell, taste, all that. And uh, without that, like I said, when when you when if you float or if you've ever tried floating, you'll know what I'm talking about. But deprived from all your sensory input, you really figure out what how powerful and how uh, expansive your mind really is. And uh, it definitely it, it's it's beneficial to your body as well, of course. I think we're we're trying to discover space in so many ways. We're trying to get off this planet as fast as possible because we're fearing that we're literally putting it in danger um you know it's progressing at a point to you know it's not going to be around as long as we predicted it would be around and we're so willing to escape from our problems and truly focus on them we're worried about exploring space because we want to know what's out there but we don't even know the closest thing to us we don't there's still so much of the ocean and land we have left yet to discover um, 75% of the ocean is still left undiscovered just because we can't go down there. And not even looking at the world, ourselves, our brain, you know, there's so much about our brain we don't understand. Why is it that if I hit my head a certain way, I can speak with a foreign accent? Yep. You know, that's shit I think we should be looking more into, something very, very close to us rather than trying to look for the next home that's way, way far away from us. Yeah. Even if even if there's a place for us to go, we still have to bring Earth with us um, to go there. We're creatures that came from the Earth, uh, like a like a flower buds off. You know, yeah, it blooms from a plant. We we bloomed from Earth. We come from Earth. If we leave the planet in any way, shape, or form, we have to take a fake version of the planet bottle it up and take it with us anyway so it's not like we can't leave and just go somewhere there will still be an element that we have to take with us to survive so um yeah i think it's like when you go to the beach and you gather up some sand and put it in a bottle and you take it home with you you're getting a piece of that beach with you you know yep. we're gonna end up leaving this place one day and we're going to end up taking a little piece of earth with it this is an earthworm his name's billy i took him off of earth and this is what we'll remember earth by i i i'm afraid of where we're progressing with technology only on the concept of connectivity and what the true meaning of what things are supposed to mean to us seems to be getting lost in translation each and every day yeah for sure well, I appreciate you being on my podcast, man. And it's it's been uh cool shooting the shit with you for a little bit, JP. No, I appreciate it, man. That was uh that was awesome. Thanks for hitting me up on Instagram. It's takes it's pretty brave doing stuff like that, reaching out. So Yeah, I get a bunch of them. You hear some person like I, I I'm I, I have a thing on Cra dude, there's a thing on Craigslist. A guy will come to your house and punch your balls for fifty bucks. <laughs> my teacher didn't believe me. That. My teacher didn't believe me, and I showed him, and then he said, okay, well, I give up on everybody. I'm like, yep, that's what, that's what, that's what we've deformed to. We've, <laughs> we've tried to solicit services. If I can look up a guy that's going to piss on me at 2 o'clock in the morning for $100, there's people that'll buy. Um, you know, I, it's, it's funny because that's the real mysteries in the world we need to be figuring out, not what the hell Elon Musk is doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again, JP, for being on the podcast, man. Hey, I appreciate it, Robbie.